Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 135. We're a entertainment pop culture podcast that talks about pop culture things, and sometimes there's whiskey. I got redundant again. A little bit of a break, and I'm like, see, you're working. Place. I know, <laughs> <laughs> or or trying to work. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> the gears trying fired. to fire. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyways, yeah, we're uh, we're back again. Uh, another episode, another exciting episode. Got lots to talk about. Um, Star Wars is on the docket. We're going to be talking about Star Wars later. So, boy, I'm already gearing up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, could could have a giant panel for this, you know, to get everybody's views. But I guess uh, we have plenty of time to rant ourselves then. Exactly. So, I'll just seed the floor and just, you know, <laughs> sit back and listen. Maybe get some work done. I don't know. Do some yeah. chores. <laughs> right. It's a good call. Good call. All right. So we're going to get into that later um, as Star Wars rumors. Um, before that, we'll have just a couple news stories and what our weeks have been like. Mm-hmm. But to really kick things off, let's talk about drink holidays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've uh, we've had just a few since our last podcast. Um, starting off, not really a drink holiday, but Valentine's Day, typically, you know, celebrated with a meal, champagne toast, cocktail, something like that. So uh, did you guys do anything for Valentine's Day? Anything special? We did, actually. Um, Good for you. It's yeah. Um, my parents offered or they're like do you guys want to you know not wasn't for valentine specifically just do you guys want to you know go to town or something want to watch the kids for a little bit and we said well we wouldn't mind going out to eat for valentine's so we didn't go far we just uh kind of stayed in the area and just mm-hmm. went and had dinner and um so yeah the a local place that's pretty new had um kind of a surf and turf special thing going on and some different desserts so yeah Nice. Just drove and, and did that. So nice. Felt good. Did you did you manage anything? You know, you had a crazy week, but uh yeah. did Chris make you the breakfast anyways, heart pancakes. He did, he did. You know, it's tradition, it never dies. Um, and of course, like Everett loves she loves breakfast food. So she oh. was very into like pancakes, like this is the <laughs> best. Um so yeah, so he did. He also surprised me and uh, got my dad to watch watch Everett for a couple of hours. And we went to the Alamo. They were doing like a Valentine's Day brunch and doing a throwback movie. Um, so I did actually uh, do more than I thought I did this week. Um, but they were playing You've Got Mail. The old uh, okay. 90s yeah. rom-com with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And nice. When when Chris first said that's what we were going to see, I was sort of like, oh, like it's. I mean, it's not, it's not like yeah. my favorite movie, you know. Sure. Like I do have like '90s throwback rom coms and you know other other films yeah. that I enjoy, and that's not usually one of them. But it ended up being really nice because I hadn't watched it in like, God, I want to say at least ten years. So mm-hmm. it really did feel like I was watching it almost all over again. And I was like, all right, this is, you know, this is better than I remember. It is really cute. Like, I love Tom Hanks. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. 
So it, so it ended up like I enjoyed the movie a lot more than I thought I was going to when Chris said what we were going to go see. <laughs> right. Well, the thing, too, is like when those were coming out, there's rom-coms of our kind of day that were sort mm-hmm. of more our age appropriate and then more adult. Like this is, you know, this is for grownups. You know, yes. you've got male is a, a grown up. It's not it's not clueless or something like that you know it's just it's a so it wasn't really we weren't the target demographic at the time so now i feel like it'd be refreshing you know you get to i love watching these movies that are a little bit older it's sort of pre-cell phone or just on the Mm -hmm. cusp because that's changed the world so much yes um makes things a little feel more i don't know a romantic thing feel more romantic in a way you know simplicity yeah yeah i mean it was kind of a reminder of like you know because because of course the the technology of the time is like the dial-up aol connection to the internet so it's very early stages where you can't just like hop on your phone and you know um so it's still it still has that like we have technology and this is a cool like new way we're connecting but there's still also those elements of like spontaneity, mystery. You can't just like, you know, Google someone and, and learn about their entire life. You can't just like internet stalk yeah. someone. So there is yeah. this air of like, I met someone in a chat room, mystery. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, which is funny because it's uh, wildly different than the other show I'm watching right now that I have been binging uh, this past week, which is you in which the main character is like an obsessive stalker and mm. does just like learn about everybody within, you know, with the world at his fingertips, you know, just like he uses yeah. the internets and to, you know, go through a few clicks and he's like, Oh, now I know everything about these people. Now I know everything about these people. Like, right. Here's their social media accounts. Like, so mm-hmm. it was kind of a, a refreshing yeah. dichotomy to, to yeah. watch those yep. two different things. It's kind of perfect for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm all about that balance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it makes me feel really old, uh, with, the cause more and more, I just like, I'm watching now off in, in the evenings and stuff, Seinfeld, Frasier and cheers, sure. you know, <laughs> I just stuff. like, yeah. Um, Good stuff. Oh I, my gosh. You, you and Phil should get together to talk about some, uh, Frasier. I know he's been, Oh Yeah. I, th- oh. I think not like right now, but he just recently binged through that whole series. Oh, okay. I love Frasier. Love I do show. too. I do too. Well, cool. Something. Well, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Valentine's. Yes, we did. We did. Sorry. I like wildly diverted us um, from oh. the topic uh, of the day right now. But yeah, so getting back on track uh, yesterday and today, we have a pair of drink holidays. Um, I find them wildly appropriate to put next to each other. Yesterday was Cafe Olay Day. Today, February 18th, is Drink Wine Day. And I find them appropriate to put next to each other because I feel like you always see those, like, kitschy little signs that are like, oh, it's like coffee time, now it's wine time. Or, like, it's only coffee o'clock till it's wine o'clock. And, you know. Yeah. There's there's something. We about, have one. Like, yeah. It's no longer <laughs> hanging up. As not a, I, I, I thought it looked nice, you know, it does look nice, but this, I didn't need the saying. I didn't need yeah. the saying. Yep. So, so <laughs> yeah, I know those are, those are kind of everywhere. So yeah, if you are, if you're a coffee wine drinker, 
rejoice. These last two days have been for you. Yeah. We did have a little bit of wine a couple days ago. It was just like barely any. Um, mm -hmm. Wasn't I wasn't really feeling it anyways, I guess. Just something to make me more tired. So right. um, really not that. But I did manage to make a cocktail for tonight, though. I made another new one from really? my Gotham book. So tell us, tell um, us, share more. Yeah. For those that have not uh, are not familiar, going with it through a Gotham City Cocktails um, drink book. Um, so I made the Gothamite. There was a time when the Gothamite was the most popular drink in Gotham City. Everyone adored its pink color and light citrusy flavor, and bartenders couldn't keep up with the demand. While its popularity has waned some since the initial craze, it is still one of the most requested cocktails at bars around town. Once you try it, you'll know why. It is irresistibly refreshing. So um, it's vodka, guantro, limoncello, uh, cranberry juice, orange bitters, and a cherry for garnish. Sounds pretty so. good. Uh, how did it come out for you? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, it has the, the hue, the proper tones yeah. as described. I don't know why when you said the Gothamite, I was feeling more like, like, I don't know, like icebergy kind of. Sure. You know, stalactite, stalagmite, like, you know, light blue, icy color. That's how I felt it was be. And so when okay. you said it's like a pink hue, I was a little taken aback. But yeah, this is for the high and, uh, you know, the what's uh, high society. And uh, yes, in yes. Very fancy. How's it? Mm -hmm. uh, how's it tasting? Did you make it right? It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Very refreshing. Enough mm -hmm. uh, bitterness in there to uh, keep it interesting. Um, fan, I'm, I will rate this one highly. So. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I uh, I am not uh, celebrating any drink holidays um, as I still can't. But I just I have like a, a pretend, you know, a little okay. mocktail. Yeah. Um, I made myself a Moscow Mule because I was also in the mood for something like bright and refreshing and not water. Yeah. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah, I um you know that's uh, appropriate for this Gotham City book because allegedly Bruce Wayne himself doesn't drink at all. So he is, you know, high highest of society himself. He's, you know, going to the cocktail parties. He's at the soirees. He's holding and hosting them himself. All these right. sort of things, you know, chit-chatting up with everyone else, making deals with the government officials, all that. But sure. he himself drinks like a fake champagne, so like a sparkling okay. grape juice. So to he'll have something, but to hold up appearances, to let people imagine he's still there right. and like partake, partaking and stuff like that, he'll have some sort of sparkling non-alcoholic thing. Sure. Um, so in like a champagne yeah. flute is the yeah, i was gonna say i mean he he would really have to work because he's got to maintain that party boy image of bruce wayne um i mean depending on on Bru the bruce wayne you're talking about yeah. the age of life mm -hmm. you're talking about but i mean at various points in time he's been that like you know sometimes polished sometimes a little you know playboy party boy kind of you know socialite mm -hmm. um so yeah i wonder 
it would make a very funny, uh, I imagine, especially cartoon episode or animated episode if, if there were a mix up and he was forced somehow to actually drink. Yeah. Alcohol. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. grabbed the wrong glass and couldn't couldn't fix the mistake before he starts downing it and can't spit it out because, my God, what, mm-hmm. what self-respecting gentleman would do that? So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I went, I mean, they could just write in something like he's learned from some sort of, uh, odd monk somewhere, how to, uh, you know, make his liver process alcohol. Right. This is like a meditation that he's like basically immune to alcohol or has a really high tolerance. Something silly like that. Yeah. I'm just imagining like a smashed animated Batman. Yeah, I guess because obviously obviously you couldn't go from like party to like, oops, I have to answer the call and fight crime. I'm wasted. Um, But it would be really funny if there was a a mix up one night. And that's uh, that's what we got. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see that in the Dark Knight trilogy a lot where he's pretending to be drunk or he has a champagne flute and then he's just holding it and then throws it, you know, uh, that kind of thing. I guess that in Frank Miller's one run or whatever, he they make him an old drunk because that's what Frank Miller does, yeah. you know. But um, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that's recommended. Is there um, anything else uh, about? Well, we kind of talked about your week a little bit, Valentine's or anything else of of note. No, no, not really. Just uh, just those two things. You've got mail and you. So apparently, I'm you know stuck in. Yeah particular kind of verbiage for my shows yeah. this week <laughs> all right perfect um well i want to do a couple reviews been doing some comic book reviews on the channel recently and um so uh being we're gonna be talking about star wars later i wanted to finally yeah. talk about this here star wars x-wing yeah. rogue squadron the rebel mm-hmm. opposition so Rogue Squadron, they have books. Uh, there's uh, no, some good novels um, by, uh, I forget, it's Michael Stackpole, I believe is his first name. Stackpole for sure. But um, anyways, there's comics also written by him. This is a four-part series. And I only had issue one, which with mm-hmm. Wedge and Tilly's on front there. So this is an mm-hmm. original that I bought when I was a kid back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And then I had issue four. Also, one that I had back in the morning. And this sort of cemented my idea of what what else Star Wars could be. Um, mm-hmm. where we're talking the other week about Andor and how that sh- that kind of show should be the sort of thing made for me. Because this is really about um, X-wing pilots, wedges, squadron, these commanding, you know, they're on different planets and dealing with it's it's nothing to do with with Jedi. It's about the military affairs. It's cleaning up. Uh, the rest of the empire and stuff after the fall of of the empire, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's a time frame we're dealing with. But I finally picked up on eBay the middle two issues. So nice. um, yeah, um, one of them is unfortunately stained, but it's like ah, I I wanted to read it anyways, and so it's it's fine. But um, Did you know that going in yeah. at least, I should have. I didn't read okay. the listing carefully enough. It was yeah, my fault. Okay. So, um, but yeah, this is by uh, Stackpole and uh, dialogue by um, Mike Barron, who's uh, of Punisher fame. It's mm. 
as one of the highlights of the this series is the dialogue feels legitimate. It's uh, the military kind of talk amongst the squad feels good, feels natural. The really the series really doesn't hold your hand moving from one thing to the next, talking about who's uh, kind of the spy involved and everything. Um, the art, uh, especially, the, I mean, this covers I love. The covers are amazing. Yeah. Star Wars has had some great work for covers in the past on our Dark Horse comics, and these uh, deliver as well. Interiors are, I like, probably because I grew up with that style, so it's uh, it's kind of home for me. But um, yeah, Star Wars, X-Wing, Rogue Squad, and Rebel Opposition. Um, I'm really excited to finally complete the story as opposed to reading the beginning issue and the <laughs> end issue. So um, that's my that's my bit of Star Wars fix from the last from the last week, um, along with finally rolling credits on the video game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So I did manage oh, nice. to. I, I had almost nothing left. It was just a little bit, and but being sure. out of practice, the boss battles were tough. So the ending sure. was very cool, and um, I was happy to do that. So um, the other thing I want to review here is. It's kind of a two-parter. So we talked about Johnny Phantasm the other week. This is Johnny yeah. Phantasm. This is the continuation. So this is a really cool cover um, by, I believe, uh, Kelsey Shannon is his name, I believe. Okay. Kelsey. Um, but um, it's um, Johnny Phantasm, Devil's Night, 1985. So each one is sort of like a progression of years, you know, so we can deal with like sort of a different time period, different decade or whatever. And... Um, if you recall, I had some issues with the art style in the in the last one and the 1977 mm -hmm. one, but I was really engaged by the story. This one, I, to me, took a, a bit of a back, like a step back. Um, art oh. was similar for me, but I I lost what Great. it felt like. It didn't have the patience that the first set had now given this is one issue this is like more one standard size issue kind of deal you know it's not as thick whereas the other was kind of a collection of three so i had more time with it but this is the this is all we get from the 1985 section mm -hmm. so um yeah I, it just didn't it didn't feel as the story didn't feel as patient so when things happened they didn't feel as meaningful or impactful um mm -hmm. and that to me led to some um my biggest pet peeve was some like um exposition things some things mm -hmm. i don't know if they'd be saying this i don't know if this would be happening right now that kind of thing or some like so, shoehorned in like quick fix dialogue yeah right yeah uh so that one was uh i i struggled to get through that one as much even though it was like a third the size of the other one or whatever um the next follow-up is called scarlet heart deals with a different character in the Johnny Phantasm world. This is a smaller like issue. Cover. Yes. Um, so I think this is by uh, Patrick Thomas Parnell, which is interesting because, again, I for, for me and his art, sometimes I love it mm -hmm. like this. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, it, it needs to be cleaned up or something. But sure. this is really cool. So whereas the last yeah, one was kind of that. Halloween themed, this is Christmas. And okay. there's no dialogue. It's just visually told. It's short. It's black and white. And well, almost all black and white. Okay. And um, I really like it. It kind of deals with a sort of a Santa character. And sure. it just sort of feels like a one-off spin-off-y thing. But sure. I really enjoyed it. 
So it sounds really cool. I love that concept. Yeah. Um, so that's a good read has me ready for what's next in that, uh, in that series. And then the last thing, um, I talk about a manga, but I don't have the manga it's digital, so I can't show it off at all. Um, <laughs> this one here. So I have, I've supported a campaign called gem shock by Mandy Summers. And it's going to be a while before that shows up, but I heard that it's going to connect to this other book that she did called super dead. So this is here a cover go. by John Malin here. Uh, I think it's a really cool looking cover. Yeah. And um, Super Dead, this book, um, it has the art by, uh, I think it's Peter Gilmore. Uh, I think his first name is, is Peter. Um, yes. And this one has is the same team then as like Jack the Ripper that I've talked about on here before. Mm -hmm. And um, it's um, it's got this really, so really dark sort of art mm -hmm. involved in it. And I yeah. like the concept of this a lot. It's basically, I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but we have sort of a fallen hero figure that has dealing with the sort of new replacement hero that okay. is really like a Homelander kind of thing. So um, it, I get the boys vibes from it, but then mixed mm -hmm. with some horror elements and sure. um, kind of like, the darkness because uh, the boys maybe. isn't horror well i mean but it doesn't have that sort of <laughs> no, imagery no, I, I mean it's gross obviously but yeah um so i liked this a lot i i was surprised uh the art from peter is not as good as it is in his newer jack the ripper but it is still good and um there is some battle sequences that i just really felt like the way it flowed and the characters that were involved, like no one was really good, but the battle was, I don't know, it was intense. And I'm, I'm very interested to see where this goes and how it connects to her new project. So that's super dead. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. A, a mile a minute. I'm trying to get, get here a no, lot of, no. uh, a lot of reviews here. So, no, you've had a uh, you've had a full and rich week, and now I feel feel like I'm slacking. Gotta <laughs> pick it up. The the comic books are such a nice like it's again it's really been good to mm -hmm. to pick up, put down, pick up, put down. That's been been really a good form of entertainment. So, sure. yeah, and that's what I'll talk about uh, for my week thus far um and um we can move on to a little bit of news um yeah sticking on the comic front mm -hmm. this is a graph that was that was being passed around from an italian comic book news website mm -hmm. and it's breaking down the money brought in um in 2020 and 2021 from the largest comic book publishers in the world mm -hmm. and um, it just puts into perspective where we're at industry wide. So, um, I probably should have put this image in here so we all can look at it. Um, but the top four are all Japanese companies. So we're dealing yeah. with manga in the top four. So, mm -hmm. um, by a substantial margin, um, uh, Shueisha is, uh, in the lead here. So it's interesting because a lot of the companies I hadn't heard of and I had to look them up. It's like, okay, who are they? 
what are they who are their subsidiaries and that sort of thing mm -hmm. so this first one i believe is like shown in jump so it's jump and all their affiliated and oh, associated yeah, yeah. Sure. stuff um then uh kodansha um which is markedly behind um the uh the number one place here and then karokawa which i definitely had heard of karokawa mm -hmm. um and then shogakukan and so those are all our japanese publishers dealing with manga now the thing i don't understand from this chart i don't have the con other context is if this is including other publications they may do that are not comic books they may do magazines or something like that oh, that are not comic books sure, 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 so sure, sure. i don't know that for you know just throwing that out there i, I don't know sure. um so um the next two um, maybe you recognize one of them. The next two are Korean webtoon companies. Yeah. So Kakoa and then Naver. Like yeah. I recognize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's web. That's actual webtoon. Um, the yep. company. So you see that that's beating out um, Marvel Comics mm -hmm. pretty handily, which is the next one down, followed them by DC. Um, so I just think you know, again, we get give the attention to. Marvel and DC, we talk all the time on the show about the, the DC's upcoming slate of movies and like what's, you know, where we are and what Marvel phase and all that stuff. But when you look at maybe like what's actually influential, what's actually getting, you know, business, um, it's, it's not necessarily those things. I mean, obviously the films are a different thing than the comics. But when yeah. we take a, take a look at the, the source and where people are engaged, it's in other places. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, um, I mean, you, you, you basically like caveated yourself, like, you know, obviously you have to take it with a little bit of grain of salt because these things have translated into, you know, these like multi-billion dollar franchise, like worldwide phenomenons. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, their, their comics, the literal comics are struggling, but obviously like the overarching Marvel franchise um, or brand, I should say the Marvel brand yeah. is not. Um, but it does put into perspective, I think for anybody who's looking at like popular source material, like right. saying like you have to acknowledge that like Marvel and DC are actually, you know, pretty weak in terms of like, yep like billion dollars sales and you know like all this kind of like i mean they're what like a sixth of the leading company the leading company mm -hmm. i mean uh you know like the i was just trying to like quick do math i'm terrible at math but like i mean the four the yeah. fourth company Sh uh, shoga uh sorry i can't see which one's it anyway, the four thank you it's like half of the leading company half of yep. you know what i mean like it's already like yep. that far down and then you like get down to marvel and dc and they're like a six so yep. yeah that's insane like if you are looking to branch out if you are looking at what people are interested in like this is something to consider for sure um yep. especially as people i mean we're obviously not the only ones who are riding like the you know exhaust fumes of being interested in marvel properties because they're just like mm -hmm. played out i mean not yep. totally there's still possibilities but people are getting tired they want something new yep
I mean, you can look at, you know, it's all, um, uh, you know, there's one word that I want to use all the time and I can never remember the word. What is it when you are out and about and you see something, it is not statistical, you are observing something. And so it is, it is, it's by your own observation, you're making some judgment. Um, it's like, if you drive around, you see a whole bunch of signs. You don't know that there are that many signs more than whatever. It's not statistically that, but anecdotal, anecdotal, anecdotal. That's that's actually what I was going to say. Yeah. I can never remember that word and I want to use it all the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's anecdotal, but if you go into target, very popular store here, the, if you want to look for comic books, the comic books you'll find are manga and webtoons. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go, I always look at like the um, branded t-shirts, you know, what are the, what are the kids buying for like mm-hmm. graphic tea? There are way more now, either nostalgic things or yeah. anime based shirts than, than superhero Marvel DC yeah. superheroes way more. You know, you'll get things like there's an old retro Taco Bell shirt and, uh, you know, maybe Powerpuff Girls or something like that. But then it's My Hero Academia. It's Dragon Ball. It's, you know, right. Demon Slayer. So this stuff has shifted fast. And, um, yeah, this this chart, I was at first like, is it where is this from? Is this like a legitimate anything? And it, it's, a, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Fumetto Logica. Again, it's an Italian. Um, site mm-hmm. that covers um web webtoons and comic books and manga and all this stuff and kind of divides them up sure. so um i would we'll just say the last two on this chart are both french comic book companies so france is known for having some amazing artists and uh in the comic book space and so they they pull out the end uh cap off this list sure so they're duking it out yeah, tied in mm-hmm. tied at one fifty, which is again yeah. like half of their next highest competitor at DC mm-hmm. at three hundred. It's crazy how like quickly this this uh, shrinks this graph. Yeah. Well, and to my understanding, the issue that's been with the French comics is that they don't translate them; they don't get translated. Mm. So they they sell yeah, in that France. Would be rough. So that it's would be kind rough. of a impressive for what they have mm-hmm. that this is largely sales market. from france yeah yeah um versus obviously the manga gets translated all over the place you know right so right if they feel like growing they but they got to get on that translate and distribute some other way yeah so um all right well do you have any other thoughts on the the comic book industry at large or um any of that sort of thing Again, if anyone wants to look up, it's uh, Fumetto Logica is the website. It's two T's on that first word there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, nothing to nothing to add here. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I have too much to say about this. Basically, Disney's quarterly earnings came out, and mm-hmm. um, they're they still are you know bringing in lots of money, but per expectations things aren't going the way they would like um they mm-hmm. lost 2.4 million subscribers 
um, in this last quarter, and they are laying off 7,000 employees. Now, um, the layoffs are not uncommon. Plenty of other people are doing this as well. Mm-hmm. Streaming, everyone's finding that streaming is a difficult business to play in. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, uh, the, the numbers aren't where they're, they're liking them to be at this point. Mm-hmm. They're trying to cut five and a half billion dollars. Um, and we're, we're hearing about them. They all, we already heard they're delaying or pushing back projects. They're trying to space mm-hmm. things out more. They're cutting down on the number of things that they're sort of green lighting and just sort of yeah. like slowing their role. So again, in this cost cutting um, measure, they're trying to, to make some reductions. So, yeah, I think, yeah. um, I think taking a look at these makes sense for a couple of reasons, especially as we're going to be talking about, um, some speculative, um, Star Wars news in, in the near future here. Um, one, I think that, um, you know, it, it sounds dire on paper and it sounds, dire in headlines because of course that's like the sexy part that will get clicks is like disney layoffs or you know disney loses subscribers and it's like oh god what's going on with disney shaky disney um but you know when i was reading through the articles themselves like you mentioned um the layoffs are not i mean you know i obviously don't want to be callous about people losing their jobs like that it sucks for those individuals and i am i am sorry and hope that they will you know transition and land on their feet from a from a corporation standpoint um like you said it's it's not terribly different than what of a lot of a lot of other companies are going through right now or just kind of like figuring out for their bottom lines so so the news of 7000 really didn't hit me terribly hard in the sense of like this is disney this could be like 17,000. Yeah. And that's when right. I would be like, holy shit, um, what's going on? Um, the other that I was reading, the other piece I was reading through about them losing subscribers, they haven't really lost much in, I think, um, some of their key markets. Um, like they were saying, you yes, Canada's up, the US is steady. Um, they rolled out, you know, ads, Disney Plus with ads in the U.S. And like that didn't really shake up the the home market at all. It was really like Southeast Asia um, where they had been, um, you know, they have that like bundle with ESPN Plus and they lost like rights to streaming cricket matches and a couple of other sporting things and that people yep. were then like, uh, peace, bye. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so that was like a little bit mitigating in the sense of like, yeah, obviously that affects your bottom line, but you're not like hemorrhaging. um, You're you're hemorrhaging where you like understood it was going to happen, not where you're just like losing people in the U.S. because whatever. Um, Yep. So, yeah, so those those things, I think, you know, kind of temper that news. And then also um, as we get into what's going to happen with Star Wars and potential there. You know, Bob Iger is coming in and cutting costs. And, like, clearly he was brought in to do that, to to rein in this sort of, like, ballooning budget of Disney in terms of, like, let's, like you said, let's spread out our projects, which I think is 
a bonus both financially and for audiences who are just going to be like, thank God I can breathe between things and maybe have time to miss Disney and look forward to the next thing. And then also um, cutting costs in the sense of like their, their marketing and, you know, PR has to be out of control for all of the things that they have to promote. So I was looking at some of like the cuts that they're making and they're cutting like so much money out of marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes sense to me because when you have like, you know, one thing on top of the next, on top of the next, you can't ever slow down. There's no like off time to recoup. You just have to keep spending and spending and spending and keep going and going and going because you have the next thing to promote. And it, the last one's so fresh, you have to make it bigger and better and more interesting all the time. Yep. So, yeah. I think, I think a lot of this I took um, as very logical, very smart moves by Disney. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, without flaw or without potential downside. But I think Bob Iger's coming in to do what people expected him to do. And I think it's going to move at least some things for Disney in a right direction. And I'm not, I'm just going to set aside any like impact on creative properties, just financially, just like as a company, getting them in the black. I think that's right. It's smart. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. I think it's going to, um, you know, these, um, large ships sink slowly. Um, but they also, you know, so they have time to, to pay lots of water too. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. if large ships sink slowly. I'm just gonna, I I feel like they do. So (laughs) slower than little ones, you know? (laughs) Did you have a stopwatch on the Titanic? Somebody, somebody tell us how long that took. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, we'll, um, stick with the Disney theme, I guess, and talk about what they plan to do allegedly with star wars one of the um at one point one of the world's largest ips so mm-hmm. um this these rumors come courtesy of uh wdw pro kind of mm-hmm. has some inside scoops often on um particularly like the theme parks and stuff like that but the, the workings of disney and right. um his suggestion is or his um what he's put out there is that there was recently a big meeting big meeting mm-hmm. top people to talk about what do we do with star wars this mm-hmm. saying hey we have a we have a damaged brand here that the youth it's not resonating with the youth anymore we have um allegedly people's um reservations for the star wars theme park are mm-hmm. getting canceled and asked to be rescheduled mm-hmm. because there's not enough people there at the time to warrant like doing the shows and all that stuff. So they're right. trying to like block people in the different, you know, different times. Um, all that sort of thing. What do we do? And we have a couple options which can, you know, can be like, do we scrap it? Do we like start over? Do we reboot? Or do we try to make, you know, um, Eliminate all these lemons. And um, it sounds like the latter. And that seems like it's going to take the shape of. Um, it, it's interesting. It sounds like the deciding factor, according to these rumors, was the theme park. 
that they'd yeah. spent so much on the theme park because I mean, that is Disney's bread and butter. Like that's really is like the theme parks make money. And this shows their ineptitude because I can't believe Andrea, if I came to you and said, make a theme park, like a spare, no expense about star Wars, would you decide to take the entire thing and focus it on an untested new trilogy with new characters that no one's heard of. And you hope that it's going to, you know, take off and be a um, classic figures. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that much of a gambler. So yeah, no, right. <laughs> I, I, why, why would you, why would you not at least diversify with us a, a large chunk equally of each right. trilogy, like right. give it for, for whatever Something fan for you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, whatever age you grew up with this thing or that thing, you all have a section of a theme park you can go to and get the right. warm, fuzzy feels and be excited about. Instead, yep. no, we get the Galactic Star Cruiser and Kylo Ren and the whole like New Order, whatever. And then we get, uh, Cant no, what are they? Um, Galaxy's Edge, you know, the kind of bar that no one knows about hardly can yep. never, because, Moss Cantina and Moss Lisley would be the obvious bar hangout right. on Tatooine, like they like to go to all the time. Whatever, stupid. So they made this stupid decision, um, really ridiculous decision, un unbelievably foolish decision. Now you're stuck with it. So the idea is okay, we'll continue, we'll, we'll feel this out. We're going to continue and we're going to do a movie featuring Ray again. We're going to bring back Ray and then we're going to have her alongside Chewbacca, mm -hmm. R2-D2, mm -hmm. and, um, Grogu. I thought I f and Grogu. I thought there was one I'm and missing. There is. It's the fifth character, which they haven't. Oh, right. Yes. They haven't named, right. and um, I couldn't quite tell from this, this kind of reveal if it was going to be a new character or if they were going to be bringing back somebody else and they were just, like, leaving it a mystery or, right. or yeah. didn't know who it was. Mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't quite tell. So, yep. yeah. To me, it's to me in my imagination, it's a character that exists, but is much less known. And so mm -hmm. whoever's getting this information wouldn't, wouldn't know or remember sure. the names, but that, you know, but that means like essentially new character. Do yeah. you know what I mean? In, in terms of mm -hmm. like what, what movie fans or like, you know, what maybe more casual fans might know about Star Wars. Yep. It's it's mm -hmm. new, not like we're bringing back like Poe Dameron. Yeah, right. Or, you right. know, something, yeah. you know, yeah. wildly crazy from the last trilogy there. Mm -hmm. So Disney's clearly at a loss of where to go because we have no announcements of movie projects. Like they just don't know what, where do we want to bring this? And yeah. so we have... You know, like, do we, we no continue? Do we have TV shows? Right. But we have no movies. TV shows? <laughs> right. And so the TV shows are all kind of like filling in gaps, adding flavor, you know, to places, exploring different things. What right. is our main line? What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. And um, lots of possibilities. It sounds like they're going to try to, like, kind of redeem redeem Ray in this fashion and that R2 mm -hmm. tests well with audiences and that kind of thing. And obviously Grogu does. So what do you, what do you think? If this is true, one, mm -hmm. do you find this believable? Does this ring yes. as a possibility true to you? Okay. 
Yes. Um, for the reason that I just talked about, that Bob Iger is coming in to, like, save Disney finances. Like, yeah, I mean, why not at least make an effort to not have to overhaul your park and mm-hmm. and recoup some of, like, the the... I have no idea. Obviously, a dollar figure, but maybe millions you invested in theming, you know, oh, yeah. in the park. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. guessing millions at least. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. want to say billions, but I don't know. So, yeah. So financially, this this absolutely wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Then, with that, if we take it as this is the course they're gonna pursue, sure. how do you think this turns out? Do you think this is you think this is a good idea? For them so we we i think we can agree financially like lower it, risk uh, this makes probably right. more sense um right. story-wise um health of the franchise long-term you know longevity um what um how do you think this shapes up yeah yeah so so in thinking about it i mean I get I get where you're coming from and there's no there's no harm in trying to redeem something um you know I mean you can't make it worse I mean I suppose you could but I you know it would take a lot to make it worse on the flip side of that it's going to take a hell of a lot to make it better because people are already going to be very skittish about this given how the last trilogy bombed. Um, And I think, I think they're approaching it once again from a wrong angle because to me, it boils down to one simple concept. And that is, I don't think that the last trilogy failed because of characters so bringing Ray back and putting her with like, oh, thank goodness we have these beloved characters that everybody just like knows and loves, you know, Chewbacca, R2-D2, uh, Grogu now. Um, that isn't the point. It wasn't that there weren't interesting or potentially long-term, like either lovable or um, fascinating characters that you know ray was around it's literally just that the story was terrible and that's the pro that's that's the crux of what you need to go fix don't save this new project by just being like well we'll throw chewy in there and everybody goes ooh, like they go mm-hmm. ooh for two seconds and then they're like so what do you have to tell me what story yeah. do you have that's where you should be focusing your energy is tell a good story. Yep. Like fix the writing, fix the wildly shifting, uneven plot. Like make things make sense, make them interesting, make them gripping. You know who does that? Good writer. Yeah. That's, that's the point. So, I mean, (sighs) Some of this makes sense in the terms of like, you know, obviously I have no idea who this like shadowy fifth character is. So that could be really cool. Chewbacca makes sense to me um, because, you know, he and Ray were were such a, a duo 
the last time. So they make sense as like continuing that pairing that doesn't feel quite as pandering as throwing in R2-D2 and Grogu does. That just feels like we need popular characters that people love and just to literally entice, you know, some people to sit in a seat. And that just feels like there's there's no rhyme or reason for this. And I can hope, but I, I'm not sure I have the foggiest clue how you make, like, how you fix the crux of the writing problem by just throwing these two characters in there. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of, like, you know, reminds me of the real pandering feel of episode nine, where... Oh man, we sure went left at, you know, episode eight. Let's course correct hardcore, sort mm -hmm. of try to undo everything and like give everybody all the member berries and the, you know, on every possible thing they could. It's like, it's too late and we see what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, Grogu and it, is. And it, that. and it, I mean, like we saw like plot holes, like, you know what I mean? There was mm -hmm. just no like way to even do it plausibly so we like we're left with this my god look at this gaping hole of a plot here that you just can't ignore you know yeah. it's embarrassing yeah. mm -hmm. i i think that honestly as a if i'm speaking like as unbiased as possible in this thing i think that th they could turn star wars around with this and make something um, really resonate with people again, but they do have to one hire people that are are good writers, tested writers, people that have I don't know like written things, studied writing, lived life a while, and then have them you know someone consistently do a, a trilogy or more. Yeah. You know, so you have a, a, vi a unified vision of where yeah. this is going and we can set up things and have payoffs and all that sort of thing. Did, I'm sorry. I'm going to just bust in for like a half a second. I don't remember from the the, the kind of like, you know, rumor drop. Um, did they confirm it's a trilogy or just a project? A project. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I so think yeah. it's, yeah. It's, I agree. If it's a trilogy, you can't do this like we're going to hire different directors unless they all have a creative meeting and are like on the exact same page with like, yeah, I'm directing this one, but like we have a unified story. Cause that, that was a big, big fail. Um, yeah. if it's just a project, obviously then, you know, if it's a one-off somehow, or like maybe even two, just, yeah. Yep. Whatever it is, however, whatever the length is, create a unified story. So we don't have this like ping pong back and forth. Mm -hmm. the, th the thing that I think would be really difficult for them to do is to try to repair the damage they've done to existing Star Wars characters. I think that's where they're, it's going to, they face an almost impossible task, whether it's Han Solo, he is the, um, the neglectful runaway, you know, abandoning father and husband whether it's Luke Skywalker, the brother and best friend and hero of the Republic that just flees and is not known, you know, seen for many years, the guy mm -hmm. that can see the dark, the light behind all the darkness of his father and Vader, and yet his he has a little flash of a vision of his nephew and is ready to kill him. Right. Um, 
to to like this i don't know how far you got in kenobi but to this, the way that they've portrayed kenobi and like cheapened interactions between future interactions between kenobi and vader um these things you can't just fix like that's the thing that like you're gonna have trouble with star wars fans fixing these things because it's too late that's that's how like star wars existed for for years and years just in the expanded universe lore with largely people being okay with it because you didn't ruin anyone you didn't wreck it even if you had stories that people didn't prefer they thought this book wasn't written as well maybe this force thing is a little silly nothing was destroyed and so Mm -hmm. we could continue on um these characters maintained being what they were um so that's the hard part but for general audiences for new fans people that have maybe are barely seen star wars or just would become up up and coming with star wars i think they have the possibility to take this and basically make Rey what Luke Skywalker became in the expanding universe. You make Rey start the new, uh, a new Jedi order um, mm-hmm. on like Yavin four. And she recruits around and recruits other Jedi looking for Force sensitives. She mm-hmm. has a relationship with someone that is like, you know, verging on the dark side and they fall in love and have a kid and like this whole kind of progression of things and then an alien race from the outer reaches come in and they you know they're like they use this organic everything is organic it's not machine and they like can't sense them in the forest and all that stuff it's like you could rape the books take take all this stuff from the books but you're just you're gonna have to set up some new characters and ray is gonna have to be the luke skywalker character you're gonna have Mm -hmm. to give her some flaws and more of a personality you're gonna have to remold her well you could do that and i think for a lot of people the uninitiated the newcomers you could make something really cool will you ever bring back the people that are like you just took a big dump on these classic characters characters i've you know grown up with and loved i don't know but time heals at least many wounds so (laughs) three more movies in that were really well done and feel really true to, to what star Wars is can change a lot of minds. Alan says, Cal Kestis. That's true. But Cal is takes place that same with, um, another person from star Wars rebels. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. There's these cool characters they could use, but they're too far in the past. Like they'd be too old, potentially, sure. you know, maybe, maybe an old wizen sort of, you know, I suppose they could do yeah. a, a Obi-Wan, old Ben figure kind of thing. Yeah. There were, I mean, this panel is talking about, um, oh my God. Well, Ahsoka Tano going out. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezra. She's look right. Mm-hmm. That's who she's going Ezra. to find her and Sabine Wren. Um, yeah. going out to find Ezra that were making chase after Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes. So that's a cool storyline, and I would think that would be in the Ahsoka TV show. I would think. So. But, yes, um, although I mean, who knows what what um, what they're thinking of blending or crossing over or you know jump starting between. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, but I wouldn't you know count on it either. Well, I've ranted and rambled long on this. Um, 
you know, do you have any other thoughts? Um, I'll certainly be back with with more Star Wars thoughts probably next week. So <laughs> it never stops. Um, no. Yeah, just like I said, I I mean, the, the the whole crux of the problem, and I think we agree, is bad writing. Fix bad writing. Do not just jam characters in a movie because their appearance will make people happy, some people happy, for a very short amount of time. That will do nothing except, you know, put people in seats that would already go anyway. And it will not bring back anybody you've lost and it will not bring in anybody new. Right. Fix bad writing. You can do it. Like, I don't think because I mean, and even the, the, the panelists in this, you know, we're talking about the fact that like they love Daisy Ridley and they're very, you know, um, open to separating her from the character of Ray, who they don't like, you know, yeah. I think she is a likable enough actress that if you just can get some good writing happening for her character, Ray yeah. is not yet unsavable for, you know, being a lead in star Wars. It's she's, she's charismatic. Not, she's not too far gone. So if you can just fix your bad writing problem, great. I will go watch this. I, I will be cautious. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm not saying like, I'll just be like lining up first day. I'm not sure. Obviously I, you know, I have to hear a little bit about a story, maybe see a trailer before I'm like really convinced to put my butt in that seat, but it's possible. It's doable. Just focus on what your real problem is. Yep. All right. Those are the Star Wars rumors, everyone. Um, if you want to hear them in their entirety, go ahead and check out WDW Pro's channel um, where they talk about that. We'll mm -hmm. see if um, more comes out of this sooner yeah, rather than later. We'll I don't know. You know. We'll see if we get a name for our our fifth mystery character. If it's old or new, yeah. that'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, all right. That's been Popcast on the Rocks, episode mm -hmm. 135. Thanks, everybody, for watching. You should follow us wherever applicable, you know, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. We'd appreciate it a lot. We are mm -hmm. also available on podcast directories, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, that sort of thing. The video version is available on Spotify if um, you're into that. And a review on Apple Podcasts would be much appreciated as well. Killing the Flower wrote our theme song, so you should check them out. They're also on Instagram and uh, YouTube and music streaming services. So we'd appreciate you taking a look at them. Also, um, our good friend Melissa is known as MJ Honeybee on Twitch. She's been really crushing it over there. Uh, she, you can subscribe to her now. If you have a Prime membership, go ahead and give her one. Um, she plays Dead by Daylight a lot, so that's kind of her thing. I think it's a very entertaining game to watch. She's also been playing some Hogwarts Legacy, so um, that's capital M, capital J, capital H, Honey B, MJ Honey B on Twitch. So, yeah, take a look at that. Otherwise, that's going to be it from us. Until mm -hmm. next week, Andrea, thanks again for joining me. Of course. As always, cheers, everybody. <laughs>